This is The Causes of Things, and I'm your host, Michael O'Fallon. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, serving as a messenger of my church, a member of the Conservative Baptist Network, a manager of some events on ground for other organizations here on the ground in Nashville, and a representative of sovereign nations. I'm here to serve others and to vote properly. But over the past few weeks, our news has been dominated by a massive scandal. A scandal of epic proportions that has rocked our nation. The lies, cover-up, flip-flopping and ridiculous fake narratives pushed by Dr. Anthony Fauci, the ultimate technocrat, the expert that, as we know now, would stand on stage and spout meaningless rhetoric and pseudoscience as the nation gradually began the process of deconstruction due to his mandated responses to the virus. And over the past two years, the entire nation, and in many cases the entire world, was held captive by the expert, the man who many considered to be the one who would give you individually, and all of us as the nation, the prescription of how to survive and defeat the virus. While all the while, the virus ended up defeating the United States and the world as we were catapulted into a great reset of everything we know to be true. Of course, Dr. Fauci has flip-flopped on a number of things. First declaring masks unnecessary, and then declaring masks absolutely mandated, and then to declaring that multiple masks were now needed. Dr. Fauci declared that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous and useless, and now scientists are saying, oh wait, hydroxychloroquine is completely useful as a therapy against the virus. On top of all this nonsense, Dr. Fauci was actually involved in gain-of-function research for the virus over the past decade, which he originally denied, and is now backtracking. He's also completely involved with those that are on the other side with the Communist Chinese Party and the labs in Wuhan. In other words, now that there is wide, well-researched, well-documented proof of Dr. Fauci's helping to create the actual crisis with the virus and complete involvement with all of those responsible for the virus over the past 10 years. No one trusts the expert anymore. Dr. Fauci helped to create the problem with the virus. And in many ways, in terms of funding and gain and function research, he actually helped to create the virus, created the problem that economically destroyed the nation, partnered with those that created the virus, and politically helped those to ensure that we had a crisis that would deconstruct the United States from the inside out. And in the same way, almost exactly the same way, we have had an ideological virus that has spread throughout our educational system, our corporate structures, our governmental structures, our affinity in social groups, knitting groups, hiking groups, and so on, our healthcare systems, our legal systems, institutions of research, our media, our arts and entertainment, our big league sports, and our religious faiths all across the world. All at the same time.
all demanding social justice, all force-feeding their members critical race theory and intersectionality. I've been warning you publicly about this at Sovereign Nations from the very beginning, going on five years, especially within the Christian faith, in particular, the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest Protestant denomination in the world. And as I have said, for this plan to be implemented, you need a top-down, bottom-up, inside-out move. And you absolutely need a top-down. And just as Dr. Anthony Fauci has misled the nation, has flip-flopped whenever the political winds have demanded that he do so, has claimed that he hasn't done things that he has actually done, just as we have Dr. Fauci helping to facilitate the damage to the United States caused by the virus within the Southern Baptist Convention. We have Dr. Albert Moeller doing precisely the same thing in the Southern Baptist Convention. And for the last 10 years, that top-down has been facilitated by Dr. Moeller. In nearly every control position within the Southern Baptist Convention that has either promoted woke ideology, critical race theory, intersectionality, Dr. Moeller has helped to promote and place people that have come through his system at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, or that he has come close to, into all of those positions. Seminary presidents, provosts, the head of North American Mission Board, the head of the ERLC, Dr. Russell Moore, have come through and have been recommended by Dr. Albert Moeller. Dr. Moeller has built the top-down network in the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Moeller and his protégés have also either participated in or created the bottom-up move, the grassroots, the organizations that have played the dialectical moves with the people in the pews over the past few years to help make critical race theory, intersectionality, postmodernism, liberation theology, anti-nationalism, and of course, as well, promoting supranationalism, palatable for evangelical Christians using the Thesis, antithesis, synthesis, manipulation. He has been a part of or has helped to direct all the major parachurch organizations that have infused critical race theory, intersectionality, and diversity, inclusion, equity into our churches and institutions. Namely, the Gospel Coalition, Together for the Gospel, and the ERLC and several other social justice-minded projects. Dr. Moeller has created idea-laundering campaigns with his staff at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, supported intersectionalism, has encouraged men underneath him to pursue the hermetic alchemy of critical race theory, and has for years continued with a line of, quote, There is a change coming that we can do nothing to stop. The same line that I heard from globalist members of the Council on Foreign Relations and the World Economic Forum in 2009. The same line that I heard in the restaurant Jack's Place from Ed Stetzer, at the time director of Lifeway, back in 2010. The same line that I heard at an AEI meeting at CPAC in 2010. The same line that I heard from the late Arnie Sorensen of Marriott International. The same line that I heard at a United Nations 2030 Agenda meeting in Las Vegas in the summer of 2019. 
the same fatalistic phrase from Dr. Mueller. And of course, Dr. Mueller has been a client of mine in the past. I have had several personal conversations with Dr. Mueller about these issues over the years, pleading him to take a different path. I have spoken to him personally on the phone. I have spoken to him while in Europe, although I believe Dr. Mueller dismissed my knowledge and advice on these issues at the time. I mean, you know, gosh, I was just there to run his events. Plus, Dunning-Kruger syndrome can be quite debilitating. I spoke to Dr. Mueller alone privately while we walked the quarters of Churchill's war rooms underneath London. I spoke with Dr. Mueller with a group of other concerned men, which included Josh Bice, Tom Astle, James White, Craig Mitchell, Daryl Harrison, Paul Washer, and others. I tried to deal with these issues with Al's actions personally. And then something happened. Well, first of all, we did release the statement on social justice and the gospel. Dr. Mueller was not invited. And he can blame me for that. Not anybody else. Dr. Mueller... Tim Keller and others responded with tepid criticism and with the insistence that we all still needed to hear from the critical race theory crowd. He kept using the phraseology of, quote, systemic racism and, quote, systemic oppression. Dr. Mueller did not take a stand against critical race theory or intersectionality. After the Sovereign Nations Conference prior to G3 in Atlanta, Georgia in 2019, where Josh Bice, Tom Askell, Phil Johnson, James White, Vody Bauckham, Tom Buck, and I went after CRT, intersectionality, social justice, and other issues, all of a sudden, Dr. Mueller started to claim that he was opposed to critical theory. Dr. Mueller brought in the neoconservative globalist David French to explain intersectionality to his students. By the way, Josh Bice absolutely hit it out of the park. At that pre-conference, you can find that presentation on intersectionality, Brave New Religion, on Sovereign Nation's YouTube page. Well, yes, it was time, all of a sudden now, in mid-2019, for Dr. Mueller to employ the old Mott and Bailey to start changing his positions. Yes, it was time for Dr. Mueller to carefully and strategically transition from being the thought leader of the social justice movement in the Southern Baptist Convention and now appear to have a more moderated and, yes, very much confusing position. This, quote, being strong when unquestioned, end quote, and then wholly disowning any claims to the strong position by retreating to a weaker position is referred to as the Mott and Bailey strategy or the Mott and Bailey fallacy. As described at Dr. James Lindsay's New Discourses, quote, there is a rhetorical strategy called the Mott and Bailey that is getting increasingly famous lately. This is because it is one of the central tools of the critical social justice movement. In that strategy, named after a kind of castle, a highly defensible Mott position like we just want to treat people more fairly, is maintained while also pushing a more radical Bailey position, such as, quote, we need to radically remake our school systems so that no one can fail. Activists advance the Bailey, the strong and aggressive position, and, when pressed on it, retreat to the Mott until scrutiny and pressure go away. At which point, of course, they return to the strong Bailey. 
end quote. And that is exactly what Dr. Mueller has done. And this is also exactly what has been happening within the Southern Baptist Convention and at Al Mohler's Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. After Sovereign Nations, G3 Ministries, Founders Ministries, Grace to You, Conservative Baptist Network, Conversations That Matter, Pulpit and Pen, Capstone Report, 80 Robles Enemies Within the Church, Vodibaca Ministries, and many, many others took up the cause to push CRT and intersectionality out of the evangelical church. Dr. Moeller and Danny Aiken retreated from their 2012 to 2018 strong Bailey position, which openly embraced and advocated for the ideas behind critical race theory and intersectional language, and back to the weaker Mott position that characterizes that usage merely as a nuanced way of looking at the universal problem of sin. Simultaneously, Dr. Mueller can be observed suddenly switching course to publicly opposing critical race theory all of a sudden now in 2019 and 2020. But in private, behind the scenes, little has changed. Dr. Moeller continued to support and employ all of his staff who were previously teaching critical race theory and intersectionality while dismissing conservative professors such as Dr. Russell Fuller, who opposes it. So in the weaker, more moderated Mott version of Dr. Moeller, he can claim to be the one with the reasonable position, can claim to be the conservative, and can even challenge some issues with critical race theory. And now Dr. Moeller wants to proclaim himself as the only one who can fix these problems as SBC president. Fix? Well, I guess that depends on what you mean by fix. What Dr. Moeller means is, quote, create a third way, end quote, even as stated recently in a New York Times article. Dr. Moeller is the synthesis candidate. And you can say this because he is using the dialectical approach of thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Problem, response, solution. Crisis. Create a crisis. Create a response. And then a third way solution. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm referring to. And so Dr. Al Mohler can appear to be the unifier, the solution creator. And even though... Critical race theory and intersectionality could have never have ever have spread through the SBC without Dr. Mueller's consistent promotion of those teaching and promoting critical race theory. The viral infection of CRT and intersectionality in evangelicalism could have never have happened without the promotion by Dr. Albert Mueller. And while we were in the woke renaissance between 2012 and 2019 of the aggressive Bailey stage of CRT infusion in the SBC, Dr. Mueller himself was platforming the very worst characters in the critical race theory army. Why do you think it was necessary for SBTS and Dr. Mueller to take down or edit countless articles and videos of Dr. Matt Hall, Dr. Curtis Woods, and Dr. Jarvis Williams from the SBTS website. Why? 
Because when sovereign nations and all the previously mentioned ministries began our strong, articulated, accurate pushback against critical race theory intersectionality, Dr. Muller had to retreat to the weaker, more reasonable Mott, the more reasonable position. And this is exactly what politicians do. And this is why the 11th commandment exists in the SBC. The 11th commandment, of course, is that no Southern Baptist should speak poorly about another Southern Baptist. And what this does is that it allows the dialectical river to flow and to allow those promoting horrible, destructive, cancerous ideas to retreat to the mott, the more reasonable position, when they are exposed. And if the SBC as a whole does the right thing, they will end this process. They will end this nonsense. It is duplicity. And deceptive men like this are counting on good, honest, godly men to, quote, believe the best, end quote, of men like Al Mohler. In other words, men like Albert Mohler and Danny Aiken are demanding that good, godly men believe only their weaker, more reasonable mock positions, the more reasonable position that they have now retreated to. Believe on the Mott position instead of their Bailey or previous aggressive positions before they were challenged. And as soon as the political winds shift back in the favor of Dr. Mueller and Dr. Aiken's Bailey or aggressive position, they will jump back on the Bailey bandwagon. And if Albert Mueller is elected the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, he will do exactly what he has done at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Appoint folks who will support the Bailey position in committees up and down the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, there are other men in the Southern Baptist Convention presidential race. There are two conservative godly men, Randy Adams and Mike Stone. Both are solid, godly pastors who want to rid the SBC of the ideological virus of critical race theory and intersectionality, and also rid the SBC of the methodology that allows the virus to exist in the first place. I respect Randy. I don't believe that Randy can win this time around. I more than respect Mike Stone. He is a man that has shown outstanding character and has the resolve and intelligence to fight the fight that needs to be fought in the SBC. There's also Ed Litton, who is an egalitarian, semi-progressive, CRT concept-embracing pastor who is also in the race, but he is simply there to ensure that there is not a runoff between Mike Stone and Al Mohler. And if a good man, a righteous man, Randy Adams, continues to stay in the race, it will almost guarantee an Al Mohler presidency. It also gives Dr. Mohler the opportunity to be in a runoff against Ed Litton, where Dr. Mohler can certainly play the conservative against Ed Litton. He gets the opportunity once again to play the Mott. Now, I'm sure there are some that will question this analysis from the current situation with Dr. Albert Mohler. 
Let me additionally offer this. One, from 2010 until 2019, Dr. Mueller has hired professors such as Dr. Jarvis Williams, Dr. Matt Hall, Dr. Curtis Woods, who blatantly teach critical race theory and intersectionality at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. There have been countless videos, articles, many of them, of course, that I've said before have been edited or taken down, that have supported these radical cancerous ideologies. Dr. Mueller promoted these men without public criticism. Dr. Mueller then requested that these men create an idea laundering piece using the principles of critical race theory and lensing purpose to deconstruct the past of his own seminary and denomination. Two, Dr. Mueller has served on or participated with leadership at the Gospel Coalition and at T4G, two dialectical machines purposed to gradualistically bring wider evangelicalism towards wokeism. He has never publicly criticized either organization, their materials, their videos, some of their presentations, or their leadership. He has even facilitated meetings before and after the MLK 50 at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And yet, Dr. Moeller and every single seminary president in the Southern Baptist Convention castigated and criticized Dr. Tom Askell for his By What Standard documentary trailer. So the SBC seminary presidents will break the 11th commandment when it exposes their critical race theory-infused dialectical approach, but will retreat back to their 11th commandment when it comes time to defend the criticizing of their own. So in the end, you really only have the following choices when assessing the situation with Dr. Mueller. And here is the logical possibilities of how you can view these confusing actions with Dr. Moeller. Number one, this is the first possibility. Dr. Moeller is just not aware of all the issues with critical race theory and intersectionality and just, you know, he's ignorant of the actual problems themselves. He is absolutely clueless and doesn't understand the dangers that are going on around him. He has hired men that he just didn't know would teach all these dangerous things and all this stuff and is just embarrassed. You know, Dr. Mueller is just part of the Gospel Coalition, Together for the Gospel, etc., and just didn't get that this was all being used as a dialectical methodology. Dr. Mueller is just, you know, Christopher Robin walking into the 100-acre woods of radical subjectivity, and he doesn't even realize it, just has no clue. Well, that's your first option. Second option. Well, look, Dr. Mueller, he doesn't really agree with critical race theory or any of the other ideologies du jour, but he has to implement these ideas and hire these men because of the pressure from the trustees and their donors. I mean, you just don't understand that kind of pressure. He has to cover his tracks, you know, and sometimes make excuses, etc. You know, play the political game because, you know, he's just trying to survive and he can't be publicly candid. That's your second option. Here's your third option. Dr. Moeller is using the Hegelian dialectic of thesis, antithesis, synthesis, methodology, or problem, reaction, solution to create the problem, highlight the criticism, create a crisis, demand an answer to the crisis immediately, and then provide his own synthesized solution. 
and Dr. Muller has hired professors who will fit into this methodology. Men who will create the problem, highlight the criticism through critical race theory and other dangerous ideologies. Dr. Muller, Dr. Aiken, and J.D. Greer will as well raise up men like Dr. Neil Shenvey, Pat Sawyer, maybe Michael Feinstein, who will then act as a Praetorian guard to ensure that it's their imprimatur that is given when anybody criticizes Dr. Muller, Dr. Aiken, or somebody else that's within their seminaries in regards to issues with critical race theory and intersectionality. Just tell those people, ah, you really don't understand these issues. You just need to be quiet. And then Dr. Muller fires professors who insist on teaching theology and hermeneutics free of liberation theology and standpoint hermeneutics. Then Dr. Muller has installed men loyal to him and his vision across the Southern Baptist Convention. And as well, Dr. Muller will then participate with every Reformed evangelical group that has pushed critical race theory and intersectionality in the United States and the UK without one bit of criticism or rebuke of those men. And now Dr. Muller is employing the Mott and Bailey strategy retreating from his previous aggressive Bailey positions, forwarding the concepts of systemic oppression, white privilege, etc., and now has retreated to the moderate Mott positions, the reasonable positions that will allow him to advance politically. Those are your options, folks. And any of the three options that I just gave would mean that Dr. Mueller shouldn't be the man leading the Southern Baptist Convention. And there really aren't any other options. And that is why I'm supporting Mike Stone to take the reins of the largest Protestant denomination in the world with nearly 17 million members across the globe and an SBC with considerable political power. This is no small issue. And Dr. Mueller used that political power to try to defeat Donald Trump in 2016. He used that political power to try to defeat Judge Roy Moore in 2017. I don't believe that Southern Baptists can afford to elect a man who uses Machiavellian techniques to manipulate elections, manipulate evangelicalism to accept critical race theory, offer quid pro quos for silence, use mainstream media to pummel their opponents, and will use the Mott and Bailey to cover their previous tracks. Southern Baptists need honest, faithful, godly men in leadership in 2021. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that Pastor Mike Stone is that man. I pray that Southern Baptists will choose Mike Stone this Tuesday and begin a new chapter of biblical faithfulness. I'm Michael Fallon, and this has been The Causes of Things. <laughs> <laughs>